Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Mandy. And this is another episode. Today, on our very first episode, we're going to be discussing the 1993 classic film Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. And to help us do that, we have a guest with us today. He's the co-host of Louie's Comedy in Kalamazoo. Please welcome Joe Williams, everybody. Good morning, campers. (laughs) Don't forget your booties. It's cold out there, right? So we are discussing the film Groundhog Day. Uh, I want to know, Joe, how long has it been since you've seen the movie? Actually, uh, but we should probably stop and make sure that if the person that's listening right now has not seen Groundhog Day, you should stop the podcast, go watch it. And then come on back to us. That's right. We wouldn't want to spoil that 30-year-old movie for you. Yeah, no spoilers. All right. And you're back. Okay. So (laughs) I hope you enjoyed the movie. I know we did. It was the greatest of all time. Uh, So, Joe, let us know uh, when was the... uh, Prior to us making you watch the movie for this podcast, when did you uh, see the film last? Do you know? It's been too long. I'd say it's probably been at least five years, probably more like 10, maybe even 15 years. It's been a while. Yeah. And, And... Right off the top, it's definitely in my top ten movies, especially comedies. Like I'm not like a movie guy where I have a list at hand, but it's definitely up there. So it was a pleasure. So did that creep back in, or was that has it always been there? Like if somebody it's always been there. So someone before yesterday, assuming when you watched the movie, had asked you your top tens, you would have creeped in Groundhog Day. Probably. I'm a comedian and a piece of garbage. Yes, I watched it yesterday. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the assumption there. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah. So you obviously had an affinity for the I'm movie. a big Bill Murray fan. And, yeah, I watched this movie when it came out, and I, I just loved it. The The dark humor is always I'm a big fan of. And, yeah, yeah just, it's always been up there. All right. So we, uh, we want to describe the movie, although everyone has stopped, watched the movie, and come back. We still want to give them a little description of the movie. And we find it's best to do so uh, using a clip from the film. So we're going to try that. Here and hold on. Talk amongst yourselves. Wait a second. Here it is. Okay. Rita, I'm reliving the same day over and over. Groundhog Day today. Okay, I'm waiting for the punchline. No, really. This is the third time. It's like yesterday never happened. I am racking my brain, but I can't even begin to imagine why you'd make up something like this. I'm not making it up. I am asking you for help. Okay, what do you want me to do? I don't know. <laughs> That's Phil. He's talking to Rita, who is played by Andy McDowell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The transcendent Andy McDowell. Absolutely, yeah. So <laughs> so let's delve right into that then, I <laughs> yeah, guess. Are you, yeah. uh, so you're a fan of you know, Miss McDowell? I'm not one of the, like I always knew like people found her very attractive and I never found her that attractive, but I've always been delighted by the woman. Sure, sure. Like yeah. I was a big Letterman fan and she would always come on Letterman and there was strong flirtation. Like I yeah. really <laughs> think Dave had a thing for her. <laughs> sure. Like most of America at the time. And yeah, watching this movie again, like I got it. Like she's so angelic. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's got that slight Southern drawl yep. that kind of creeps mm-hmm. in a little bit. Yes. Just sweet as molasses. Yes. That's <laughs> as what the- they're hoping for because she's the exact opposite of Phil, yes. who yes. is a giant dick. Yeah. And yeah. it does. It, it really, I think it really pulls the movie together that you can believe that this guy would dedicate lifetimes to wooing this person and that he is, she is such a strong counterweight in the arc of the film against his. Yeah. Persona. Absolutely. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Um, and obviously she was on everybody's radar for a time. I think she was like an oil of Olay girl for a minute. She was she was the it girl for a second there. 
uh, multiplicity happened. That was yeah. a big, that was a big deal for me. That's when I really, uh, that's when I first realized I was, I was sort of into, uh, an Andy McDowell type, you know? Um, yeah, but she, so she plays against, uh, Phil Connors, Bill Murray, uh, and she is essentially, she becomes the main love interest in the film. Uh, there is a few, there are a few other, uh, possibilities for Phil, which he certainly, certainly explores. <laughs> Uh, good old yeah. Nancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nancy Taylor. Uh, and and the girl that was never named is wearing the French maid outfit yes, at the movie, at the movie theater. theater. We we aren't sure of her her age. Well, at least Phil's not sure of her age at that <laughs> That's point. That's one but. adult ticket and one oh two adults. Two adults. Yeah. Nice. See, I, I, okay. Like I thought maybe he was just being cheap and oh. trying to save money. I <laughs> it did not dawn on me that angle that. So that she was young. so you think he has uh, this vast expanse of all time. Uh, and he's still trying to save $3 on <laughs> Which isn't even a thing, because in the movie, like, there's times where he's spending extravagant sums yeah. of yes. money to bribe the piano teacher. Exactly. Where'd that thousand bucks come from? I don't know if he robs the bank every day. Do you think he just... Certain things like that? So we'll we'll get into that a little bit later as far as the timeline of what you think he does goes. But I'm assuming on his final day, on the, the, you know, the end of the movie when he finally fixes everything, he probably didn't. I'm assuming he's just writing checks that he can't, presumably he won't cash. Uh, uttering and publishing, yeah. That's yeah. actually a good strategy in a world where you relive the same day yeah, over and right. over. Yeah, right. Credit- yeah, it certainly wasn't the worst thing that he did. I mean, I guess they did have credit cards, but it would have been like Diners Club yeah. and like maybe American Express. <laughs> right, like and plug. nobody would have taken it. Right. right. And yeah, in Punxsutawney, they wouldn't have had credit card machines or I mean, the swipe. Yeah, he's doing checks, I got a feeling. He's probably writing some checks. He's got a, I mean, he was working as a weatherman at a at a news station so he's got some money i would think he's got bit, that yeah. mild celebrity cash probably the cash roll he's carrying around with him too i assume he wants to be flashy he's probably got a roll of bills on him at all times but yeah so we figured he's got to have money clearly uh for the the food he spends in the diner for when he when he orders that massive pile of food at one point he's got to have a lot of money uh at toward the end there he purchases the the tire and the jack to help those old ladies yeah. out in the car. That's got to come from somebody. The WrestleMania tickets. The WrestleMania tickets. Yeah. He purchases. So, Which, yeah. And then the that thousand. That was before Ticketmaster. <laughs> right. Yeah. So not as many <laughs> fees, but still probably expensive. Right. Exactly. Well, what I got from the from the movie, on the last day, the piano teacher is still beaming and saying, that's my student. Yes. Why? And so this is a guy <laughs> who, even though like at some point he's become an accomplished pianist who can just practice on his own, he still apparently is bribing her every day and forcing her to kick yeah. out the little girl. Essentially, at, at that point, he's just renting the piano. Like he's just, he just needs a piano to play. During the daytime, so he goes and has her kick that girl well, and that's out a good, every time. That makes me wonder, uh, if on the last day he bribed the piano teacher and forced her to kick out the little girl, then would he not have yeah, ascended or whatever yeah, happened? Yeah, he was pretty mean to, to that girl. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, no, actually, the piano teacher was mean to her. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, so she that's, was, her, that's on her. She's being greedy, yeah. So I guess maybe. February 3rd, she's going to repeat that now because <laughs> yeah. she kicked the little yeah. girl out. <laughs> yeah, how does karma work when you're not the jerk, but you cause somebody else to be a jerk? Sure, like, yeah. is that okay? <laughs> right, yeah. So, okay, so here's the thing. So this whole thing is about a time loop. Uh, Bill Murray gets stuck into seemingly inexplicably. We we don't really know exactly what caused um, the time loop to start. Not really sure what caused the time loop to end. So what are your views on on that? On the whole, the gimmick of the movie, basically. The, the fact that the time loop exists and, and how that works. There does seem to be that point where the storm rolls in and you get this sense of like... Like there's some very subtle music cues in the movie. And there was like a subtle music cue when they're driving on the highway and they see the 
the truck is jackknifed or whatever, yep. and they tell him you can't go. There's there's almost like little heart music as the snowflakes come down to sense that there's been a change of some sort. Yeah, that mystical twinkle but happens. It, yeah. But it's not like he murders somebody. Right. Like, what is the act <laughs> that causes this? I right. mean, maybe groundhogs are magic. I mean, clear, yeah, I right. Mean, it's possible, although he does try to kill Punxsutawney Phil. And he's been there before. It's not like it's his first time experiencing right. this. I guess he so hates it more now than he hated it last year. And maybe that offended some yeah. groundhog gods or something. You have to but, understand that Matt really needs to have a reason. He thinks of it very technically, I can tell. Yes. Yeah. Well, the thing is, there's no one to, to blame in this movie. If this happened to me, if I was Phil Connors in this movie, the first thing I would do is I would look for somebody's... Uh, somebody to be at fault someone would have to have caused this to happen uh, i'm sure that speaks to me as a person in your life you're always seeking yeah. an antagonist it couldn't possibly have been my fault <laughs> to blame your troubles on, right yes. it, it was clearly somebody else's fault so that's i would spend my first several weeks years looking for whoever did this to me i, that I would, would assume, be interesting mm-hmm. like would you not like look at every shadowy guy and think is he the magician that caused right. this weird afterlife i'm stuck in right exactly yeah, yeah. Um, so we were talking about what may have caused this. I do want to touch on the fact that Phil's not the nicest person. Uh, and we do have a clip of him being somewhat mean to uh, to some people here. Someday somebody's going to see me interviewing a groundhog. I think I don't have a future. I think it's a nice story. He comes out. He looks around. He wrinkles up his long nose. He sees his shadow. He doesn't see his shadow. It's nice. People like it. Joe's doing an Andy McDowell impression. <laughs> Of Andy McDowell doing an impression like of a groundhog. Sausage too. People are morons. Nice attitude. People are morons. So he's clearly not a nice fella, right? He's cynical. He's got issues with his job currently. He wants to get out of there. Uh, speaking of his job, I guess we should touch on that too. We haven't uh, we haven't really met uh, Phil Connors yet. So uh, let's uh, let's take a second here to, to this is where the audience meets Phil Connors for the first time as a uh, weatherman. Somebody asked me today, Phil, if you could be anywhere in the world, where would you like to be? And I said to him, probably right here, Alco, Nevada, our nation's high at 79 today. Out in California, they're going to have some warm weather tomorrow, gang wars, and some very <laughs> overpriced real estate. Up in the Pacific Northwest, as you can see, they're going to have some very, very tall trees. Good old Phil. I don't know why that strikes me so much, but that line that we're going to have some very, very tall trees is one of the funniest things about it's this movie. It's a classic Bill Murray line. Yeah. Like you can almost feel like he improvised yes. it because yeah. that's he says something like that in every movie. Yeah. There's a lot of things in this movie that are very like ultimate Bill Murray moments. Sure. Yes. The uh, the one of these, you know what that means? One of these big blue things when he pushes the blue thing off the screen there as the weatherman. That's again. That whole scene. I, really I remember it. it really tripped me out when I was a kid, and or I, I guess I wouldn't even be a kid. It, it was 93. 93, yeah. So I'd probably been like 19, okay. 20, 1920. Okay. That's weird. Yeah, I yeah. feel like I was younger when I saw this movie. <laughs> sure, yeah. I was immature, guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've grown a lot since then. Yeah. But uh, where he blows the weather map, uh-huh. like that blew my mind. <laughs> like, And maybe it's just like, I want a weatherman that's that funny and creative sure. or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just want him to be accurate. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, I think that would have probably been my first experience realizing what a green screen was sure. and what they do, because Andy McDowell's disembodied head and arms are flailing around when they talk about her yeah. uh, being the new producer at the sh- at the uh, news station. Uh, and she's, of course, wearing, a, I think it's a blue coat in front of the 
the the blue screen at the time. And Rookie move. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. But it was a nice way to meet her. She uh, she was having fun, clearly messing around. And yeah, like it really sets up right in the beginning that she's kind of like a fun loving, you know, kind of positive spirit. And Phil's like looking at the big time, talking about the big city gigs. And, yeah. you know, I don't want to be going to Puxatawney. Right. Yeah. He's leaving it behind. So we um, asked for emails prior to our first episode and we got one from Jake and uh, his question for you was, uh, if you weren't going to choose Bill Murray for that role, was there anyone else that you would choose? And then I kind of alter it because I feel like they remake movies all the time. And if they were to remake this one, is there someone that you would want to play any of the characters? Well, it's hard to say because, I mean, Bill Murray is the perfect person. That's true. And yeah. this in every role that he's ever done. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Who else could it have been exactly. in any other film? He ruins everything. But that is very interesting. Like you go back and it's like, who was there, you know, like Michael Keaton or somebody. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, yeah. With Beetlejuice. And- yeah. But who's got that where they can be kind of mean, but you still like yes, them. The curmudgeoniness. Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think that that would be a good, we've, we've talked about him before. So what about uh, well, maybe current. it's the mul- multiplicity thing is also yeah, yeah. Like, and that's Harold Ramis too, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Following along with exactly. Annie McDowell, Annie McDowell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He must have had a thing for her too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what about now? Is there anybody now that you could see stepping into that currently, or or would it be huh. for some reason Paul Rudd jumped in my head? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, because yeah. he can kind of be a little smarmy, little jerky, but you sure. still you know, like he's. Mr. All-American. Oh, kinda. yeah. Can you I could see him waking up at the same time every day. Yeah. And being like, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Which I do like that's one of my favorite parts of this movie is how well they set up the day. Sure. Uh-huh. So that you have all those beats where you always know that this is indeed the same day from the annoying morning jack guys to the song to the view of the street. And they really play up those elements through the movie. Yeah. Although the the one knock on this film, I got to get the one knock yes, on this we, film yes. sure. is the first day they show him, you know, Bill Murray leaves his room, has the conversation with that guy, goes downstairs, talks to the bed and breakfast lady, mm-hmm. has that whole routine, walks out on the street. You see those people in that position. Right. Then they keep showing other days where Bill Murray flies past that guy, flies past the bread and bed and breakfast lady. Uh-huh. And yet you still see those people in the same position. And then he arrives at the park. Uh, the same time, basically, yeah. every time. But yeah, yeah to Gobbler's to, Knob. Yeah, yes. that's, I was <laughs> so trying to remember what that was called. I couldn't think of it either. Yes. He comes out to Gobbler's Knob. Yeah, Knobs. that's true. Yeah. But I, I think they're in, they're not in the same position. They're just kind of in position. I think they tried. But I mean, clearly you can't. Yeah. yeah you yeah. can't do it that every time. In fact, part of. Uh, one of the issues they were having with the movie in order to show the passing of time and the resetting of time was they at one point were trying to figure out a way to ransack the room at night Uh, during the filming. uh, They would try to ransack the room and then reset everything for the next day uh, to show the passing of time and the reset. And they realized it was absolutely impossible. Like there was no way to completely reset everything because people would scrutinize and they'd look and see very small details that were out of place. Like you did, Joe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they would Joe Williams the movie. So. Yeah, this movie has to be the, the continuity editor's nightmare. Right. So what they did is they took a pencil and they broke the pencil, set it on the nightstand. Nighttime happens. Bill Murray wakes up. Pencil's back together. And that solved the whole problem. They don't need to ransack the room anymore. Everything's back to normal. 
This is a good way to not have to ransack a room. <laughs> right. Yeah. Who wants to do that? <laughs> yeah. Because um, clearly someone's going to be like, oh, that book isn't where it was or his blankets are upside down or some something. Some asshole like me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's going to pull it, uh, you know. Stop the lady it. with the red hair was in a slightly different position when you get on the street. <laughs> They were just running, I think. They yeah. were, they were yeah. trying to stay ahead. It's they like were trying the to hurry up and get to Gobbler's Knob. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like the world knew it was in fast forward because Bill Murray was in a hurry, I guess. I don't know. So we talked a little bit about um, who you would choose for Bill Murray. But, you know, Andy McDowell, you said the transcendent Andy McDowell. <laughs> um, is there someone that you would choose back then or now that you would want to play that character? Wow. Back then. um, who could it be? Like Annette Benning? Like I, I can't even. I'm trying to even think of actresses from that period. Uh, well, there was like, um, like Julia, like Julia um, Louis Dreyfus. Yeah, yeah. Or um, were you thinking Juliet Lewis? No, I was like, thinking of Julia Roberts. Oh, there you go. There's the other. I one. mean, hey, yeah, yeah, we could go through all the Julias, but yeah, but you figure. So you had said uh, Michael Keaton as uh, Bill Murray. Uh, who would balance against? Michael Keaton. That's the thing. That's what it would have to, because I feel like that's what it, uh, Annie McDowell is a balance against Bill Murray, and that's She's why it's very works. sweet. Yeah, that's why it works so well. Yeah, sweet and southern. Even like even current day. I mean, there's like the, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, like Anne Hathaway type. Yeah, would be. She's like the the princess. Yeah, like, sort yeah. of a princessy type character that Annie McDowell kind of tries to pull off, like the Southern Belle type. You know? I don't know. I've never seen. It. What do you think? I'm Joe? totally blanking on the actress's name. Uh, it's not Amy Adams. Okay. Um. Although, yeah, I could see Amy Adams doing it too. Yeah. What is she from? Like, this is my thing. I'm so bad with <laughs> movies. <so> I, I... <laughs> It doesn't matter. It's yeah. not. A, it's not about Andy McDowell. It's about Bill Murray. So yeah, we'll just <laughs> yeah, stick with true. Michael Keaton and move move, move along. So right. yeah, go for it. <laughs> I was just yeah. I don't know. If this is an appropriate time to maybe talk about uh, some other things that happened in the film. Uh, let's do this. Um, Bill Murray at one point describes what his perfect day was, uh, and so let's take a listen here to find out what Phil's perfect day was. I was in the Virgin Islands once. I met a girl, we ate lobster, drank pina coladas. At sunset, we made love like Sianas. That was a pretty good day. Why couldn't I get that day over and over? So do you have, Joe, do you have a perfect day? Maybe not necessarily an actual day, but what could you imagine would be a perfect day for you that you would prefer to live over and over? Yeah, I've never had a perfect day. <laughs> Still working toward it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It definitely, yeah, like like you think of vacations, you're always mm-hmm. much sure. happier. So it'd have to be, yeah, like a day I didn't actually have to work. Yeah. Someplace nice. God, that would be awful if it was a work day. Over uh, and over. <laughs> I wouldn't go in. Right. I Whatevs. Mean, yeah, but I think the idea is... You'd have to not know it was going to be that yeah. perfect day, I You'd guess. You'd wake up in that place, yeah, that yeah, happy yeah. place. Do you have a happy place, Joe? Sleeping. <laughs> so you want to wake up sleeping? Yeah. That's, yeah. That sounds Netflix great, Netflix and chill. You don't want it to be a day like the internet wasn't working or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be the worst. Like your uh, your Wi-Fi is down. You just spend all day like... Talking to your family. Yeah. I know, right? Uh, the worst. <laughs> Ugh. 
Ugh. Family fun night. That Wolf. is that, yeah. that would be my purgatory. I would drive off a cliff with a gopher in a heartbeat. Monopoly again. <laughs> oh, this is awful. All right, so I guess we should have played this then. This is the, the question. What would you do if you were stuck in one place and every day was exactly the same and nothing that you did mattered? That sums it up for me. All right. So, yeah, you can't relive your perfect day. What happens if you get stuck in the loop? What do you do when this happens to you? I'm sure it's going to take a few days to figure out what the hell's happening. But after you've determined you're stuck inside of a loop, what does Joe Williams do? Well, a lot of times I say, like, I wish I could just be a monk and just, like, not talk to anybody and just read all the books I want to read. Okay. Because I just, like, I have a hard time, like, making time. And I've always wanted to read, like, the classics, yeah, like, sure. ancient Greek philosophy. But I, like, I was just going to ask you what are, what, what are, are, what are a couple of, give me an example of the classics. Oh, I'm so bad with books. I was thinking, like, The Shining. <laughs> Yeah, I would. I probably would just watch The Shining over and over again. <laughs> no, I meant the book. Not the book. Fuck yeah. the book. <laughs> We're not here for books. Yeah. Um, it's just green eggs and ham. Well, day. I was thinking about, uh, yeah, like we were talking about, you would look for the source of the problem. Sure. And so if you did think that somebody was the cause of this, like, wouldn't you just like start murdering random people to try to put a stop <laughs> sure. to it? I, I mean, I know I would. Clearly, like that was my motivation. Isn't that what everybody would do yeah. in that I'm situation? Pretty, I've always wondered what it would be like to push someone in front of the subway, right. you know, just, I mean, aside, just for fun. That's what I, <laughs> the subway running through Puxatani. <laughs> um, they have an excellent mass transportation system. <laughs> sure. Nice There's up. one bus. Yeah. One bus stop. Yeah. And it's cut off because of the storm. So good luck. Good luck getting out. Uh, yeah. So we talked about what your perfect day might be. Just a, a good vacation day. Just something where you don't have any responsibilities. Whatever. Um, what you would do during that. So, yeah. You'd, you'd, you'd probably do more than murder, though. Like, would you like, would you try to get out? Would you? I would definitely. I would probably spend like a few years just trying to escape. Sure. Like, come on, you can get you can get down that road, Phil. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah, a jackknife truck, just jump on a snowmobile and gun it and see where you end up. I There's don't understand be... how that stopped him. Right. So do you, are you, un- clearly at first you would be. If it was you, you'd be like, well, it must be somehow it's proximity to this town. So I have to get away. Yeah. Based on what we see in the movie, that no matter where he is or what he's doing at 6 a.m., he wakes up. Time, Still wake up. But he would yeah. just wake up the next day without fail every time. So I, but I would definitely test that myself. I would. There should have been at least some scene in the movie that shows him trying to escape town. I well, think. and they show him when he gets depressed and he dri- he drives off the 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 cliff. Yeah, the, yeah whatever, he jumps the, off the building. The gravel pit. He tries to you know, commit suicide with a toaster in the bathtub. Yeah. Right, but it's always things that wouldn't like completely destroy your physical form. Oh. So I'm thinking what that might require would be like a full immolation of gotcha. some kind. Like acid bath? Or? Acid bath. I was just thinking like fire, but you know. <laughs> well, I mean, when he goes off the cliff, he does burst into flames. So that is just... true. That is true. Oh, that's oh. like the best line. I do. He's like, Man, he might be okay. Uh, probably not now. Yeah. Chris, 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 Elliott. Chris Elliott adds so much to this movie, <laughs> yep. and he probably has what less than ten lines in it. If, yeah. yeah, I mean the scenes that he's in are, are oh really gosh. obscure, like they're just minimal. But yeah, he definitely adds his spice to the yes. scene. I guess I don't know. It's but yeah, it's definitely a Chris Elliott moment. 
Uh, and when he when he's there, he makes it a point to kind of shine through, I think. Yeah. Well, f- and there's so many great cameos. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ned Ryerson. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Stephen Tobolowski. Tobolowski, I think. Yeah. yeah sure. Like that dude is amazing. Yeah. And that Ned Ryerson. Oh. Yes. And I guess after that, he did like a spot on Californication where he was like this huge creeper that's supposed to he be like. He was, yeah. He, like he's supposed to have like a super huge like schlong, I guess. And he <laughs> nice. has sex with like a main guy's wife. I don't know. It was just, I couldn't believe it was the same guy. And then he played on Glee. Yeah. He Sandy was... <laughs> Ryerson. He comes back with Ryerson again on Glee, which is weird. <laughs> so he goes from, yeah, it's just, that's just crazy. That's like the range there is kind of nuts. Yeah. But. Yeah, he uh, it was neat because they were I was watching them talk about the film and they were saying that based on continuity sake to try to get the movie to look the same every time, because not only are you dealing with the setting looking the same every time, but when you're outdoors like that, you have to have the environment also has to be the same. So the sun has to be coming in from the same angle and the cloud cover has to be similar. Otherwise, it's going to look real weird between shots. So they would do any scenes that they could do in succession, like the the scenes with Bill Murray and Ned were all done in a row. Like they were done. Like he would do the the first meeting, then the angry meeting, then the punch in the face and then the hug and then everything <laughs> all in the same day, all within, you know, minutes of each other. So um, that was just a neat process as far as the movie making is concerned, how they had to handle all of the redo of that same character and how Bill as a character, or I mean, Phil as a character, I guess would have to uh, react to him differently each time. Because for me, <laughs> He's, it would just be the worst experience every time. Like, yeah, <laughs> that would be a do-hoo-hoozy. <laughs> sure. That's awesome. Sure, what? Hey, wait a second. Phil! All right, that's enough. <laughs> I've got the clip, but who needs to hear it? We've, you guys just watched the movie. We're talking about it now. We told you. We plus, did. He's the worst. Plus, person. it just makes your ears bleed yeah, to hear his voice. <laughs> I do like seeing him in there, though. It's fun because he becomes... One of the at the end of the movie, when everything gets fixed, he becomes a new problem for me and for probably most people watching it because Phil just went and bought all of paid for all that life insurance that now he essentially has to pay for or (laughs) cancel a bunch of checks. We assume I don't know what he's going to do at this point, but yeah, imagine if you got so used to your actions not having consequences (laughs) that you just did all this stuff. But then one day, all of a sudden. You were just in your regular life, and the bills come due. Yep. Yes, and Groundhog that's, Day I mean, Two. The yeah. bills come due. <laughs> Cash that check. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of like going through. You know, if we're going chronologically, we'd be getting, you know, kind of towards the end, and um, and that's one of the things. You know, I wonder is what brings them out of it. You know, is it the the helping all of the people throughout the town. Is it that something I personally believe that it's, it's something that changes inside of him. I don't believe that it's something that he does outwardly. Some people, you know, like believe that it's because she finally can lo- like, he's worthy of her love. What do you think the reason that he kind of starts to come out of it? I think be? it has to kind of be the change within him that he truly is doing things for the right reason. Now he's not just trying to, get in her pants right because there are other times where you think that this is it like he's figured this out he's cracked the code Mm -hmm. and he he messes up in those little ways and it's usually because you see that inherent selfishness that he's he still just wants to sleep with her like you know like he likes her a lot but he's not being a genuinely good person yeah he's just learning all the things that she likes to try to yeah yeah well that's where i think it's like very 
like the film kind of has like a Buddhist message or something where it's sure. like reincarnation yes. and the wheel of karma and you're just trying to perfect yourself, which, you know, is what they like. All of us are here supposedly to live the best life we can. Right. And then we won't be stuck in that cycle. That loop, the time loop. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You you can't. I mean, it, knowing what's happened from the outside, you really can't blame him for some of the things that he did in the film. He did some pretty terrible things. Uh Right off the bat, I mean, clearly he did the, you know, the bank robbery and things like that, which on the grand scale of things aren't that bad. But he uh, takes advantage of Nancy uh, and we see her like Uh, taking advantage of them. Like if he knew his actions had no consequences, he was actually being a white knight, if you will. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He was being all right about it. But that had to take decades to get to that point, because I feel like for the first while you just do some random nonsense like the. They showed pretty fluffy versions of that where they would just sit on the um, or the drive down the, the the tracks and get, you know, pulled over by the police and that whole nonsense. So that's going to you're going to try that. You're going to start there and then you're going to work things up. And clearly he robbed a bank and he's going to move up from that. And he goes after Nancy. Um, I do. I love the phases because like he goes through the depression. Yes. You know, there's all like you just see like there's different ways of coping with this. And even within those, there's there's different days, you know, different forms of suicide or the different ways he well, goes crazy. He actually tries to commit suicide before just becoming a good person. Like, it's like almost he'd rather die <laughs> yeah. multiple times than just be nice to people. I think that's a very accurate portrayal of humanity. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, because there's no seeming there's no end. Like you wouldn't think to yourself, if I'm a good person, this is going to get fixed. Yeah. Like, why would you think that? Exactly. That's it's egotistical to do something nice. Like, oh, I'm going to post on Facebook about how I just like contributed to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing then. So you think then that the end of the loop happens when he becomes entirely altruistic and he's not using he's being selfless entirely. Right. Yeah. Essentially, I just think the movie is almost like a. uh like a portrayal of the wheel of karma sure. in one person, like as if it was like a real thing in your lifetime. So you don't think then that he's doing what he does to get to Andy McDowell. Like even the things he does for the outside people, they uh, like when he changes the tire for the old people, when he stops Buster from choking to death at dinner, uh, all that nonsense. When he, ha- when he makes the piano teacher feel good about herself for being a good teacher. Yeah. Uh, that you don't think he's using that as a, a way of getting to uh, Andy McDowell. Yeah. I mean, I almost feel like at that point he's just so exhausted that, <laughs> you know, killing himself hasn't helped. All the other things haven't helped and he just gives up and he's finally a good person. Right? Yes. So is that like his, like his drug sort of thing is like helping people. Like that's the only thing left in his life is to help people around him to get some sort of feeling of like humanity, I guess. I don't know. Like yeah. Yeah, like maybe he can't even feel joy anymore because think yeah. about like when this starts, like maybe there was days where he just, you know, wallowed in his own filth. Sure. And just oh, yeah. did every sensual pleasure. Like maybe there's a day where he just did heroin the whole day. <laughs> it punks Johnny. That, that guy in the hallway. There's this one guy. There's <laughs> the homeless guy that he helps. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you talked about it being karma and you talked about like reincarnation and things like that. The Buddhist thing. Um, this really like it did reach a lot of people on a spiritual level. And I can tell just by how you're talking that it reached you on a, a more positive level. I know like Catholics saw it as more of like he was in a purgatory because he was 
such a bad person before that this was like his punishment and he had to earn his way out. Yeah. But if you look at it like the reincarnation thing, like he finally led his like lives, you know, over and over again up to the point where he finally earned his way to like Dharma or however you want to say it. So that's like definitely a more positive spin. But did you feel before, I mean, before you really had to analyze it, obviously, but now you had to like a spiritualness to it kind of, or how did that work for you? Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess I, I never analyzed that. Like sure. when you first see the movie, it's just like, oh yeah, like he just has to be a good person and then this will stop, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I can see why you're mad that it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it has no... Well, the other, the, well the Matt other wants too, it to be a gypsy. Yeah, some <laughs> random gypsy lady. Or the lady who owns the inn. I think that would be fine too if somehow he wronged her and she took hot water away from him and the rest of his life. Uh, so he's stuck in this loop What for what seems to be, I mean, just based on watching the movie, what they show in the movie, it's got to be years and years. But the intent for the, the screenwriter, for the writer of the film, was that this was supposed to be something like 10,000 years that he was stuck in this loop. Which, if you look at it through that lens of 10,000 years, you start to realize, you know, when I was a kid, that wouldn't have made sense to me. Like, 10,000 years wouldn't have seemed as vast and terrible as it does now. Yeah. But knowing that that's what he has gone through, it makes more sense to me knowing or that he became a different person entirely. Like yeah. that he, he lost himself in that whole process and came out a better person just out of necessity. I think it, it like he had to find some way to feel good yeah and that's what happened like that's where you're not gonna live through ten thousand days and or years and not change as a person right but can you imagine like you get stuck in this loop for ten thousand years all of a sudden you live the perfect day and the next day you have to go back to your job and people (laughs) are gonna expect you to remember things that they talked about with you yesterday, yeah, do you which was 10,000 years ago. No. Do you remember your family? Do you remember Nothing. your, your sister? He's got a sister yes. named uh, Pat, Mary Pat. Or I think. something like that. Yeah. Ned tries Ned, to ask yeah. her out to the prom. Ned dated her for a minute until he told him not to. <laughs> uh, so does he know her? Like he's going to be completely removed from every part of his life. So people are like, oh, it's great. He's living his best life. He's a great person now. But I'm looking at this like, it completely ruined his life. Like what he thought any semblance of life and and normalcy he had before is now completely wiped out all within everyone else's 24 hour period. Like it's broken. Yeah. Well, that's like, I started thinking about like 10,000 years. The only people like the only thing that would ever live that long would be like a God, you know? So he's talking about, you know, I'm not the God, I'm a God. Like he really has almost lived like the life of like an immortal. Sure. Mm-hmm. And then to go back to this mundane existence, yeah. I mean, he probably embraces it and loves it. Sure. I mean, think about the trauma and the horror of being stuck in that existence. The newness of everything. Like yeah. Anything you, you anything. experience from that moment forward is so brand new to you. It'd be it, like being reborn, basically. Yeah. It's almost like he would be going uh back in time or, or forward in time like a like a mental time travel I think anywhere outside of punk satani yeah. would be forward in time yeah that's true <laughs> yeah he kind of went back in time just when he went to punk satani to begin with i i love this movie though because like i like you're talking about the spirituality 
I know there's books written about the spirituality of the movie. And like, if you go on YouTube, there's all these videos dissecting how many days it was. I love that a movie that's 30 years old, like people that kind of like, I don't think like, when does Groundhog's Day get mentioned? They they haven't remade it. There wasn't sequels to it, but like this movie has staying power. Absolutely. It could last for 10,000 years. (laughs) I do want to play this little clip here also just kind of touches on what we were talking about. I'm a god. You're a god. I'm a god. I'm not the god. I don't think. I don't think. I love that. You survived a car wreck? You folks ready to order? I didn't just survive a wreck. I wasn't just blown up yesterday. I have been stabbed, shot, poisoned, frozen, hung, electrocuted, and burned. Oh, really? I don't see you got burned. Every morning I wake up without a scratch on me, not a dent in the fender. I am an immortal. Special today is blueberry <laughs> waffles. Why are you telling me this? Because I want you to believe in me. You're not a god. You can take my word for it. This is 12 years of Catholic school talking. I could come back if you're not ready. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's such a deep part of the, fil- the film, but then the waitress is there to sort of lighten everything up. It's great. Well, and that's another cameo. Robin Duke was a cast member of SNL. Yeah. I like, there's so many great cameos, and the background characters, I think, the Puxatani they create is so rich. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and it's actually not Puxatani. It's like it's some it's Woodstock Woods, something Illinois. Illinois. Yeah. yeah, Woodstock Illinois is where they. Filmed. Yeah, they like pulled up and they're like, "Yes, this is Puxatani." Puxatani people came and they're like, "This is so much better than Puxatani." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did it there apparently because the park in the center of town was large enough for them to have the ceremony, the the groundhog ceremony, and the park all sort of visible in the same shot. I guess in Punxsutawney, it's sort of far removed from everything. So they wanted to find a place that was close enough. Uh, in... Are you saying that Hollywood isn't reality? <laughs> <laughs> right. Is this an intervention? <laughs> Although, like, think of the... Well, I mean, it, it has caused, like, a, a boon to that town. Like, Punxsutawney has become an even more famous place because of this movie. But now that the place it was actually shot has like a shrine to the movie as well. Yeah. Like they probably all, cause like I've noticed like there's way more groundhogs day ceremonies. Mm-hmm. Cause, cause there was always like a competing, like there's another town in Pennsylvania that had like a big groundhog and they kind of had like competing things. But now like that town probably has one. Oh, that's rude. So Punxsutawney just basically like had the monopoly on everything. Like that... Scrant and Steve, the yeah. Other, yeah. other groundhog. Yeah. yeah. Or, or they, they couldn't even find a groundhog. They just brought out like a sewer rat. Yeah. So, did he see a shadow? I don't know. He bit me. I need to get a rabies <laughs> yeah. shot. It's a woodchuck. Nobody even notices Ooh, the difference. Speaking of rabies shots, did you know that Bill Murray got bit in the hand during the filming when he was driving in that car with the groundhog? I did not. Yeah. He had to go through a round of rabies shots because Phil, uh, Punxsutawney Phil. Uh, no wonder why he drove off that club. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah they they said all the way through the glove. Yeah. Just, just before they cut or just after they cut that scene, he took like a big chunk out of his hand and he had to go and get. That's funny because one of the things that delights me about older movies and like you just like you see stunt doubles way more in old movies. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure there's shots when he's driving that are just obviously not Bill Murray. Sure. Yeah. And they've got like a stuffed animal on the, <laughs> yeah. on the steering wheel. It's some lady driving, you know, whatever. <laughs> All right. And so uh, we didn't talk about uh, what exactly happened to Nancy. Is that worth mentioning? Do you guys think we know what happens? I mean, I've got a little bit of how he goes about the deception here. Let's just take a peek for a second. If we feel like skipping over it, that's fine. We can do that. 
Paige see the groundhog this morning? Uh-huh. I never miss it. What's your name? Nancy Taylor. And you are? What high school did you go to? What? High school. Lincoln in Pittsburgh. Who are you? Who was your 12th grade English teacher? <laughs> are you kidding? No, no, no. In 12th grade, your English teacher was... Mrs. Walsh. Mrs. Walsh, yeah. Nancy. Lincoln. Walsh. Okay, thanks very much. Hey! Hey! So, yeah, he... I don't think any real woman answers the English teacher question until she gets information out of him. Uh, Absolutely. I had a guy calling me today that asked me how much student loan debt I had. I was like, I'm not telling you. Here's my email address. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. No, I don't care if you're on TV. Back off, creep. Yeah, exactly. So we... uh, I just... Basically, I wanted to play that to show... So how much do you owe? (laughs) (laughs) To to show that he did uh, some sort of backhanded lascivious things to try to get yeah around like, some stuff that seemed really creepy and disgusting listening to that right but it totally worked i mean it seems yeah. like nancy was down you know like it didn't take much to get her to go back to like his all place. of america she was charmed by bill murray That's true. <laughs> no i am sorry he is not an attractive man i think he is hilarious but i think there That's is not needs. there is not one attractive man in this entire movie like not one that's true like yeah. i mean go through the rolodex in your head of every man from the first scene to the last scene wow. and literally like the guy in the, the chubby guy in the hallway i think is the cutest only because he's so pleasant and he's like wow or like and he's like chow you know yeah. like, you're gonna see the groundhog today yeah. he's super into it yeah. i that's like there's just no one that is attractive whatsoever and i think they do that specifically because bill murray is so not an attractive man that they're like we have to make sure we find the yeah, ugliest it's like uh uh casting tom cruise with short actors so yes. he doesn't look short tiny yeah exactly yeah. yes that they, is the whole thing yeah they brought the whole cast down to his level that's sinister yeah yeah <laughs> But I also don't think Andy McDowell is good looking. So really, this is just a movie. So would you go after uh, Nancy Taylor or Andy McDowell? Oh, Nancy for sure. For sure? I yeah. See. Yeah, I don't know. I, be yeah, a I'm more of a brunette guy. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. That's a t- Nancy's a good looking lady, yeah. though. Yeah. She was in a few things, too, back then. Like, this wasn't her only movie. She shows up in a few more movies and a few more TV shows and stuff, too, which is fun. That you just see Nancy Taylor living her life in Hollywood. But maybe it says too much about me. I think I'd go for the uh, possibly underage girl at the movie theater. <laughs> yes, actually. I would too. Now yeah. that we're going back, I forgot about it. It's her. actually just the French man. Yeah, I was going to say, was it the maid outfit, <laughs> the short hair, the whatever? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I mostly pay, played the uh, Nancy clip so I could play uh, the Rita clip. And because you were talking about how the music and the filmmaking, the magic that it adds just with like those. The music cues, almost how I Got You, Babe becomes a character in the movie. There's also, and the the twinkly chime when everything sort of stops moving, uh, when the loop starts happening. There's a very distinct uh, music cue in the middle of this clip, which is kind of a long clip. So is we'll it have that to... stupid clarinet thing? <laughs> What's that? Play it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, when, when he's uh, gotten Rita back to his place finally, and he's going to try to you know, close the close the deal here. Maybe I should go. Where would you go? <laughs> Why? I've got a perfect fire. Listening to I've it makes it extra rapey. Like it's so much <laughs> worse. Get the music. I will read to you. I will read to you. Uh, I, I got some ice cream over on the windowsill. Well, hold on a minute. 
that. It's like, come here, little kid. I have some ice cream for you. <laughs> this says a lot about men that they would Rocky have Road. in eternity, oh, and they would just spend it trying Rocky to get laid. Yeah, I thought so. I thought so. You have you to stay. Oh, no, really, Phil. I'm tired. We can see each other tomorrow. No. Tonight. Oh. It's gotta be tonight. No, Phil, really. <laughs> Just stay for a while, and then if you like it, stay for a while longer. And if you like it, stay for a while longer. I love her nervous laugh. Let's not yeah. spoil it, okay? Not spoiling it. I don't want to spoil it. That's you. where it should have stopped. Oh, you know, I can't. I can't stay with you. Why not? I love you. Uh, listen. Listen. You love me. I love you. You don't even know me. Oh, I, I know you. I know you. It's like Jason music. Yeah, like there's a serial oh, no. killer just stepped in. I can't in, believe which, I fell for this. The way that he's acting, it's kind of like a serial killer just stepped in the room. Setup. No, it hasn't. And I hate fudge. Yuck. <laughs> no white chocolate, no fudge. What are you doing? Are you making some kind of list or something? No. Did you call up my friends and ask them what I like and no. what I don't like? No. Is, is this what love is for you? No, this is real. This is love. Stop saying that. <laughs> You must Please. be crazy. I could never love someone like you, Phil, because you'll never love anyone but yourself. That's not true. I don't even like myself. <laughs> Give me another chance. <laughs> That's for making slap. me care about you. Oh, she redeems herself because she's the only female in this whole movie that is not just a total idiot. Like a like, total pushover. Yes. Like, thank God. Yeah. I mean, she kind of is. But she, she turns into one. Yes. Eventually. Yeah. So... Clearly, the day before, he was an asshole. That day, he was trying to be everything she needed that he thought she wanted him to be, and it didn't work. So something happens when he stops trying that she, like, gravitates toward him. And I I just don't get it. I don't understand. It's like understand. a pickup artist move where you, like, neg the girl. Yeah. And so then she's into you. I just don't feel like that's a quality ending for this movie. I don't feel... Because... In that scene, he says that he loves her and she rightly freaks out because who the hell would say that on the Especially day? a person who seems like a completely different person than they were 24 exactly. hours ago. Right. Total psycho. So that happens. Uh, and then Phil spirals into his depression. So we'll catch a little bit of that, too, for no reason here. <laughs> Pitiful. A thousand people freezing their butts off waiting to worship a rat. A rat. What a hype. <laughs> Probably like they used to mean something in this town. They used to pull the hog out and they used to eat it. You're hypocrites. It's actually true. All of you. <laughs> you got a problem with what I'm saying, Larry? Untie your tongue and you come out here and talk, huh? Am I upsetting you, princess? You know, you want a prediction about the weather. You're asking the wrong, Phil. I'll give you a winter prediction. It's going to be cold. It's going to be gray, and it's going to last you for the rest of your life. I love that clip. Yeah. I do too. That shows the depth of the frustration and the hopelessness that I would be in after about seven days, to be honest with you. That's where yeah. I would be Yeah. for most of that 10,000 years. That's where I would be sitting is right there. Do you have a favorite line like out of the movie? Like, Is there one specific scene, one line that you think is like the best? Like, my favorite line is when he's like, what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. There's well, so what many. what if there is no tomorrow? 
there wasn't one today. Got it. Exactly. (laughs) When he's on the phone, they're like, oh, the roads will be clear tomorrow. Yeah. What about you, Joe? There are so many brilliant lines like that in the movie. Honestly, when when I hear the name Groundhog's Day or if I think of this movie, the thing that pops into my head is Ned Ryerson. (laughs) Like that scene just always brings me so much joy. All of them. Every time they come back to that. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Hey, Phil? <laughs> Phil? Phil Connors? Phil Connors, I thought that was you. Uh, how you doing? Thanks for watching. I hey, love hey. the thanks for watching. Now, I, I assume... You don't remember me because I sure as heck fire remember you. <laughs> I, I assume that's his go-to for Got everyone he meets. <laughs> Ned! Ryerson! I just gotta get to the first bang. Yes, that's what Ned, I was hoping. Ned, the head. Come on, buddy, Case Western High! <laughs> Ned Ryerson, I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. Bing! Bing. Ned Ryerson got the shingles real bad. Real bad. Senior, almost didn't graduate. Bing again. Ned Ryerson, I dated, dated your, your sister, sister Mary Pat a couple yeah. times. To Mary you Pat. Told me Mary Pat. Yeah, I was right. Well, Look at me go. Ned, Ned Ryerson. Bing! 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 Bing. <laughs> Bing. I'm going to start saying that instead of when someone asks me a question, instead of being like, yeah, so I'm going to be like, bing. <laughs> the worst. That's totally the worst. <laughs> so he goes through that depression phase uh, and he tries to kill himself a bunch of times. He can't get Rita and it's really bothering him. Uh, and then he wastes what well, assuming is the next 9,000 years because we don't see much of his process to getting to becoming a better person. It's like one day he was sad. The next day he tells Rita what his problem is and they sit on the bed at night and she tries to stay with him. Like she tries to help him through the process and see if she can wait until midnight. Yeah. He sort of falsely leads her to believe that everything sort of clicks over at midnight. Um, That's when we get some of the cues as to how long the loop has been. Uh, he talks to her or she's talking to him about throwing the cards in the hat. Yeah. And he says, you'll get the hang of it. And, uh, she said, I'm never going to be any good at this or whatever. It'll take me a year to learn this. And he's like, no, six months, four hours a day tops or something like that. And you'll have, so he's clearly been doing that for four hours. He's been, he's seen the movie Heidi too. Uh, what was uh, a hundred times at least. Um, so there's clearly like those were some yeah, cues for the just time the loop. montages, the slaps. Yeah, nine slaps. I think he goes through, and then the suicide once. montages. Yeah. And so I think that they they tried, and people have analyzed the movie to try to come up with like the exact amount of days. Um, but yeah, they try to give some sense of time. I really don't think that our our minds can wrap around right. ten thousand years. Yeah, which. I'm glad that they didn't try to portray that because sure. I, I just feel like no one would get it. No one would believe it. Yeah. So. yeah, I think a movie nowadays, you'd have a montage that really showed you that decades yeah. were passing. Yeah. It would be something hokey like a calendar would flip, like a like a otherworldly sort of opaque calendar would sort of come over the screen and flip through several years. Speaking of calendar, I don't know if you know this, but... Um, in the screenplay, because the cal- like, think about it, your calendar would go back to the same time, you know, you he couldn't could- even put notches on a wall exactly. or anything like it would be. Reset. Well, that's what that, I wanted to say that real quick. Uh, that's what I was trying to think of when he's seducing Rita there. She is terrified when she realizes what he's doing. Uh-huh. Yes. But what's frightening from the female perspective is this idea that you've realized that this guy's trying to romance you and he's a total creep. 
And tomorrow you won't remember. Yeah, yeah exactly. There's nothing she can do nope. to leave herself a note that says, right. Phil is a scary motherfucker. Stay away from him. <laughs> so do you think, so then there's this. Instead she falls in love with yeah, him. Yeah, right. Right. Idiot. Um, so there's this. Do you think the day, each of those days continues on without uh, Phil? Like, do you Ooh, think like the multiple worlds? Thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, do you think the days continue to exist? And the reason that I ask that is normally you would think if he dies, he resets. If he falls asleep, he resets. Right. But there's the scene where he jumps off the cliff and they and go and they see him. The day in, keeps going and the they morgue. see him at the morgue. Yeah. And his body's still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a very disturbing kind of scene. Right. So you assume then that all of those days go yeah. until six o'clock, no matter what. Yeah. So there are days that all of the people around Phil have to deal with the rest of that day yeah. after something awful Horrible. has happened. Exactly. Whether it's he went after Nancy and she found out that he didn't go to the same high school or yeah. because he's 12 years older than her and nobody in their goddamn right <laughs> mind would believe <laughs> that it'd be like Bill Murray telling me that he went to high school with me. I just... <laughs> I so, really don't think that Bill Murray would seduce you. That's well, just me. You though. never know. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. 10,000 years is a long true. time. <laughs> it's true. He's like, he's prison gay at that point. He's, uh, he's, <laughs> he's seduced, uh, everything else in town. Ned Ryerson. Yeah. <laughs> he's been through all of Puxatani. You would. Every, I, I feel like you would. Every orifice yeah, okay. in Puxatani. <laughs> Do you think he went after the innkeeper? Well, <laughs> Here's my thing. At some point when I'm trying to figure out what is what is going to cause me to escape the cycle, what if it's that I need to be in every orifice in Punxsutawney? <laughs> yeah. That just you need might to, be the cure. You need might. to fill Punxsutawney. <laughs> all right, guys. We're all done here. Thank you so much. Good night, everybody. <laughs> do we want to talk about Louis? Uh, yes. Yeah, we want to do. We definitely want to hit that. But I do want to check this one last thing off my list here. We we listened to uh, him seduce people and do bad things and do good things and fix stuff and be depressed and all that nonsense. But here, at the end of the film, when he finally fixes everything, I guess, which to me doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense. He really didn't do anything. See, he didn't do anything bad to get here, and he didn't do anything good, like great, to fix it. But this is him, I guess, fixing his world and finishing the movie out, I guess, here. No matter what happens tomorrow, or for the rest of my life, I'm happy now, because I love you. I think I'm happy too. No slap, right? No slap. To her credit, she didn't also say I love you, which I... Which would have been horrible. Awful, right? I do love that, because, yeah, he says it earlier, and that's when she gets horrified, and he says it there, but obviously she is feeling it. Right. She has learned that he's a good person yeah. outside of himself. He's she he basically tr- touches on most of the points when she sits down with him at the diner and describes her perfect guy. Yeah. And he's like, I almost this, this is almost me, man. Yeah. It's real close. I don't even own a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I barely look at my. Yeah. Um. So really, the only thing he doesn't do. I mean, he becomes a musician, which is what she wanted. He becomes like worldly and re- well read poetry. Yeah. yeah. Speaks French. Um, the only thing he doesn't do is call his mom, assuming he doesn't call his mom, because that's what she wanted some guy to call his mom. Um, but anyhow, he goes through all that work to get her. And this day, for whatever reason, compared to the previous day, she lets him say I love you and doesn't slap him in the face. 
And that's when we assume then that the movie has fixed itself. The loop has fixed itself and everything's good to go. And then this happens the next morning. Oh, man, that's favorite. It's awful. I hate the ending of this movie. That is a great song. No, it's not. I like this this part, though. It's too early. Something is different. Good or bad? Anything different is good. <laughs> but this could be real good. You'd immediately be freaking out. Oh, right? totally. Look at the clock. Why it's a new thing. Everything's new. I bought you. I own you. But why are you still here? You said stay, so I stayed. <laughs> I said stay, so you stayed. <laughs> I can't even make a call. He stayed. Stay. Stay. What if his instinct was to just wake up and choke her? Like, that's... <laughs> I mean, you're, you'd be so crazy. Yeah. I honestly had the same thought. What if he tried killing her just yeah. to see? <laughs> she stayed dead is? this time. Because he's probably killed her a bunch of times. Yeah, he'll kill her tonight. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't leave. Okay, hold on. Because this is where the... You're here. This is what should be the last line in this yeah, movie. Yeah, it's a great line. It should end here. Phil, why would you like this last night? You just fell asleep. (laughs) And they also didn't have sex. It was the end of a very long day. The end of a very long day. I can do for you today. That. That should be the end. Well, her response. I'm sure I could think of something. That should be the end of the movie. Right there. Yeah. Gone. The music swells. Everything gets great. Everybody's happy. (laughs) That should be the end of the movie. But instead, they ruined it. The whole damn thing. No. That's the thing. That shouldn't have been the end of the movie. But if you were going to end the movie like that, right, with everything being a happy ending, that would have been a good spot with this script. Cut it right there. Let the music swell. Play the credits. Everybody's happy. But instead, what do they do? They do this <laughs> terrible nonsense. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Oh, yes. The typical 80s. Yeah. You can't, speech to the camera. You can't just let it go. You can't just enjoy. It's got to be. Oh, it's the sing along, isn't it? No, 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 no. No, he said, let's live here. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's live here. I was thinking Terrible. of the, the post credits. Sure. So he says, let's live here. That's awful. And then this comes out too. the 80s or we'll 90s. We'll rent to start. He ends it with, we'll rent to start. Well, he can't even commit I think to Punxsutawney. I mean, if you think about it, you've spent 10,000 years there. You wouldn't want to go anywhere else. I mean, it's yes. terrifying. We've talked about it. Kind I'd of. want to go anywhere else. Right. When you want to leave immediately. Although you'd be you'd almost be afraid. Yeah. yeah. So, but what should have happened if he said that? Let's live here. Like She should have been like, no, creep. Like two days ago, I thought you sucked. Right. And she's just got a job at a new radio or at a new TV station. Yeah. yeah. Like within the last week. Well, that that's, yeah, that's definitely the, the biggest fault I could find with the movie is that no woman is going to fall in love with a guy that she despised 24 hours exactly. earlier. Right. Just no woman, no matter what you do. Sure. And she's clearly not going to move in. Like, yeah. That's not an option. Well, Bill. If, if you look like Bill Murray, <laughs> it's going to be even harder. Sure. I'm just saying. 
I mean, but did you hear him play the piano? Though? I mean, oh, yeah, that does it. That's pretty pretty sweet. He's got it under control. I'd have to have a lot of sweet vermouths on the rocks with a twist. <laughs> I feel like my luck, I would be stuck in this cycle where the only thing that would get me out was to get this woman to love me. But that was just never going to happen. Yeah. There's just no way to do it. There's just no way to get a woman to love me in 24 hours. Oh, it's good that you, I was going to say, it's good that you set that time limit, because otherwise I was just under the impression that you meant you know, always. An un- unlimited clock. We're going to run this out and see what happens. That's, that's my cycle. Yeah. Oh my God. No, you're right. That That definitely does squelch the ending yeah it sours the movie for me even more so than the main premise of I, now, don't get me wrong i like the movie i'm a fan of the movie i like bill murray i like the whole process this was a fun film to watch but the fact that there's no one to blame the fact that there's nobody who wins and the fact that andy mcdowell didn't again just slap him in the face when he was like we should move here <laughs> and he dealt with it because now he's a fully evolved human being yeah who's escaped the cycle he's better off for having her love somehow yeah it's dumb it's the worst they'll always have that night yeah <laughs> well he'll have several more and then okay so the next day right he's gonna be like dude remember that time that we and she's like I do not remember yes, that. Yeah. that is, yes, I did not think about that remember until just now. Remember the snowball fight yeah. with the scamps? <laughs> Are any of you up for adoption? <laughs> Every day of his life for the last 10,000 years, no one is going to have been a part of. That would be the worst. Mm-hmm. That would definitely be the worst. And he still knows everyone in, like intimately in that oh, town. Well, oh my God, because like, I work at a newspaper sure and we we print all these newspapers from like we're in hastings we do the bow creek shopper and the marshall advisor well i'm constantly seeing the newsworthy people in those towns so much that like i was in marshall and i saw the (laughs) former postmaster and i honest to god it felt like seeing a celebrity and i tried to say hi to him and he blew me off and then i realized oh he has no idea who i am yeah he comes up and says thanks for watching yeah Thanks for watching. And then just walks away from you. That's nice. The former postmaster. It's not no. even the current one. That's, my life is sad. Oh, well. We did it, guys. That's the end of the film. I yeah, guess that's probably great. the end of the podcast. What do you feel like? Any last words about the movie? I feel like it was a great first episode, guys. I hope you do more. Yeah, yeah we're going to try it out. We're going to see what happens. We're going to have some more guests in and hit some more movies. Uh, I think it went okay for being a first episode. I appreciate you coming out, Joe. Do you have anything coming up that you want to plug at all? Like, what do you? Well, every Tuesday in Kalamazoo, Michigan, I host a little open mic with uh, my co-host Sammy Mercury. It's called Louis Tuesday Night Comedy. Uh, you can like that page on Facebook and find out more about that show. Perfect. Awesome. I've been there. I go there I all the time. I also have a website. I am joewilliams.com where I post my art and graphic design. Very I'm good available stuff. for hire. Yes. I am totally looking into that. Yeah. Uh, posters for shows, for comedy, for... And it's know, I am Joe Williams? I am Joe Williams. That's how egotistical and <laughs> Phil Connors like I am. <laughs> I love it. I own several mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mandy, do you have anything you want to talk about at all coming up? Uh, nope, just another episode. All right, guys. So uh, this is Matt again. Uh, just take a look at uh, our upcoming episodes. I'm sure there's going to be one that's going to hit that you're going to love. Check out another episode. Uh, thank you guys so much. And goodbye. Bye.